making fun of my love Xanadu also. Bastard. That's that's what movie we should do a commentary on. Xanadu when we get together. Uh, that's see that's when I don't have to have that that confusion as to why it's popular because it's not popular. <laughs> you know, that movie. I bet Hero likes that movie. Maybe, maybe. Mm, I don't have it on DVD though, so. Really? Well, I would think you'd have it on Blu-ray by now. I still haven't hooked up my Blu-ray player. It's still in a box somewhere in the garage. That's helpful. Well, I didn't think you had a garage, Bill. Well, obviously you haven't listened to the. Um, <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, you, you young guys that hasn't even come out Shag, yet. Shag was the garage whisperer. <laughs> Because he too podcasts from the garage. I have a fellow room room that is not a room podcaster. Must but be a he, Florida thing. He embraced his garage as being such. He doesn't he try and deny it. its garageness. I I I need my garage. I want my garage. Greetings, and welcome again to Anime Freaks, where a couple old guys talk about old cartoons from another country. I'm Gene Hendricks, and with me as always is my good friend, Dr. Bill Robinson. Hello. And this time, don't ask me how we got him here, but we have the producer, Paul Spataro, with us. Hello. Oh, man, I, just, I can't get away from you. That's <laughs> <laughs> because well, I keep following you. No. You guys said you were going to be on Skype. It's like, come on, come on, let me on, let me on, let me on. <laughs> I don't like when shows are recorded without me there. Me, 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 me. It is all about me, let's be fair. You're like Agent Smith in The Matrix. Me too. Do you know I've never seen that? Really? Or the second one or the third one? Well, I guess if you hadn't seen the first one, you didn't see the other two. Yeah, that would be correct. That's usually how it works, yeah. The first time I saw that, it was probably like, whoa, I was about to do a Keanu Reeves. Whoa. And then the second one, eh, the third one, the third one kind of got out there. But uh, but it's not a Matrix podcast. Unless we cover the Animatrix short short film, eventually we could do that and then talk about the Matrix. But we're not doing that this episode. Right. And we're not doing that for our mid-season break either, are we? No, no. We actually do have a movie to watch for our mid-season break. Thank you to everybody that wrote in and gave us suggestions, but we have decided to make the uh, college-age Chris Tyler very happy and go with Ninja Scroll, which neither of us has ever ever seen, so that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, I watched the first few minutes of it the other day, and uh, it's like, hmm, it's pretty cool. It's like uh, kind of the style of Fist of the North Star, but a little more ninja-y, I guess. That's a word. I would hope so, if it's got ninja in the title. Yeah, this is true. So that that will be our next episode. But for this episode, we are going to be covering three, count them three, episodes of Star Blazers, taking us exactly to the midpoint of season one. Unless there was any other anime news we wanted to cover, but I don't think there is. Well, there was the, we just, uh, we had talked briefly a little bit before the show about the release of the, uh, yeah, Star Blazers 2199. 
and that it's expensive. It, yeah, it's fifty dollars a disc. So, um, and that's for American produced stuff. That's not it, Japanese imports. That's in English by Voyager Entertainment. So, yeah. So you expect to pay that much for an import, but not right. not you know something that's over here. Well, we ain't buying it. No. That's not to say that you know certain listeners couldn't you know, provide us with copies. We would not <laughs> turn that down, but we're not laying out the cash. Perhaps a show viewing copy to be. Uh, to have, um, we'll have 50-50 parental rights throughout the year. You get it six months, I get it six months. I used what? to do stuff like that with videos in college. <laughs> hey, we're young at heart. Okay, insert song here. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to sing it, don't worry about that. I figured uh, the old guy would. Jimmy Duraney over there. <laughs> I got a million of them. <laughs> I do know the words, but I will refrain from singing at this time. Good night, Nova, wherever you are. <laughs> so before we jump into the actual episodes, uh might want to ask our, our guest host this time around if he has any... Because this is the first time you've seen any Star Blazers, and we kind of dumped you literally right at the halfway point of the first season, and... Just we're curious as some of your assessments or um, overall thoughts of what's going on or what, what you think in general of the show at this point. Okay, well, here's the deal. I have never been an anime fan. In fact, I find the art style to be a little off-putting. Oh, well, you know what? Well, we're out of time, Paul. So uh, <laughs> it's been well, nice talking to you, and I'll see you all back to the bids later. <laughs> but when, when, when you... To uh, suggested that I try and watch it, I decided let me let me keep an open mind. Let me try and watch this, you know, and and not be, you know, just automatically against it. And I found that to be entertaining. It it isn't my preferred style of animation, and and I don't think it ever will be. But it didn't, you know, it didn't totally preclude me from watching it and getting into the show. It was probably a little bit more mature than I anticipated as far as the attitude of the show you know i i, I kind of remember watching you know japanese cartoons like gigantor and speed racer and things like that as a kid and then just you know look back on them as being kind of childish but uh you know i thought this this is more more lined up for somebody probably in their mid-teens than than it is for for a younger viewing audience than that yeah, I would agree with that assessment i i you know i mean my my impression was it's very it's very battlestar galactic Yes. Mm, yeah. Yes. You, you have a quest. Yeah. So, but you know, I mean, we'll talk about the individual episodes that we watched. But, but I, you know, I did find it to be entertaining. I can't say I'm hooked because free time is always at a premium. Mm-hmm. But I would not be opposed to watching more. Oh, cool. And you can't ask for more than that, really. Yeah, you might want to go back and watch the first couple because I, like I said before, we kind of jumped in with right in the middle with you. I mean, but each one does. Each show does a does a recap, like the general theme of the season, and then a recap of the last few shows. That, it, but still, it's a little bit different to watch those actual full episodes to get the full effect. So, I think I would be more inclined to watch it if it was available on Netflix. I wasn't able to find you. You gave me a link to the YouTube video that I watched mm-hmm. it on. I was not able to, even though I have. My the Blu-ray player I have hooked up to my TV set has access to YouTube on it, but I wasn't able to find that link on there. Hmm. 
So I wasn't able to watch it on the regular big screen TV, which I think I would have preferred much more. Instead, I watched it on my tablet, and that probably took a little something away from it. Yeah. Well, those those are also where else are, are are they, Gene? They're on Hulu. They're on Hulu, but they're web only on Hulu. So oh. you can't you can't get it like through Hulu Plus or anything. Mm. So, but you I wonder if they have them at my local library, perhaps. They might. I have the videotapes, but well, I have all three seasons on videotape. But yeah. You know. I still do own a uh, VCR, so Ooh, I could bring them with me to New York. Aha! Could have a Star Blazers marathon. We could watch crappy yeah, video. Yeah, because that's... you got no- nothing else to do when you're in New York. Yeah. <laughs> you guys well, go to the con. Know... I'm watching Star Blazers again. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of season two of the Comet Empire. Don't worry, I'll be here. Well, if they have it at my library, then I may. Uh... I may try and get them and uh, reproduce them in some way. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Weren't we just talking before the show how you weren't tr- going to try and go to jail? That's true. You know what? I won't. <laughs> I will not reproduce them. <laughs> so, so Spataro, what are you in for? I make copies of Star Blazers. Copies Star Blazers. And Deslock got me. <laughs> <laughs> and all the people just scooted away to the end of the, of the bench. You can get any DVDs you want in Paul's restaurant, except the Star Blazers. Well, I, I mean, how long ago was it that you did your Star Blazers uh, rant on Back to the Bins? It's got to be close to a year ago, right? Oh, yeah, it was with you and J. David Weeder, right? And you both just kind of, I just went on and on and, and just was raving. And you guys were like, huh? I mean, I know my eyes were glazed over by the time you were done. <laughs> yeah, because we, we did the Assistant Editor's Month, and that was August. And that it had been rolling around in both our heads for a while before that. So, the, yeah, the rant has to be close to a year now. Yeah. Oh, Alva just came in. <laughs> it's feeding time. Come on, feed me. Where does Alvin fall on stuff? Is this fan? Uh, no? Yes. No, nah, because it's... Lock. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, Deslock's pet. <laughs> Except when there's thunder and he runs like a scaredy cat, like he did tonight. Uh, yeah, so that that rant was um, I don't even know where that came from, how we even got on, on that topic, and then I was like, oh, you guys don't know anything about Star Blazers. Yeah, <laughs> you had you had mentioned it as like, oh, well, this reminds me of Star Blazers for some reason, and it, then it was like, what? <laughs> Was that At that, which point, you went off. Was that the episode where we were talking about the Aquaman issue and Doug Henning? I've, li- I've listened whatever. to 10,000 Two True Freaks episodes. You expect me, re- me to remember that one? Yes, you're like the Mr. Data. We could just, you know, you just sit there and you go, accessing, accessing. I mean, my God, your Facebook picture, you're wearing a Starfleet uniform, so come on, Mr. Data, spit it out. Yeah, you, you know why I'm wearing that uniform? Because that uniform has never fit me. Yes, because I can. I bought it. It was the largest size they had. It has never fit me until now. <laughs> I got a Star Trek uniform. I got one of the Marian Slave Girl outfits. <laughs> I think Gene passed oh. out. <laughs> oh, God. I'm trying not to choke on my drink. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe for Megacom, maybe I'll cosplay as Nova. <laughs> Although I probably could do a good Orion, would probably be more the body type that I would fit. 
Lieutenant Commander Walter. I'm gonna punch you in the face. This may be the last time. No, no, no. That was that was him adventure from our. Yeah, that was that was him adventure. Kind of scientific exploration. But we'll get into that when we get to the episode. Yes, we will. Which we should probably get rolling on that. So I guess that's a good segue, and I guess we'll uh, drop in a promo for somebody that's on the show right here. Could be something else. Could be a promo for Alvin's new album that Alvin's working on with Christopher Lee, that Billy Joel uh, metal contest coverage album that they're going to do together. With Sean Engel and Andrew Leyland. And now with 100% more Paul Spatara. We'll be right Welcome back. I believe I have the first episode this time out, which is a, a weird switch, but what the heck. <laughs> okay, episode 11, The Deslock Mines. We open at Gamelon headquarters where, following the death of Colonel Gans, Leader Deslock has taken a personal interest in the Star Force. Crypt brings Deslock and the audience up to speed on everything, everything that has happened so far, while General Talon boasts about the new mine that they've invented and named after their beloved leader. An entire field of these mines has been placed in the path of the Argo. Seeing the minefield in enough time, Avatar orders the Argo to fly around it. The mines, however, react to the movement and surround the ship. A signal is detected that is apparently controlling the mines, so Sandor and IQ, I have programmed myself to have Hiccups 9, go out to find the source. While they are out, the mines continue to drift closer, so Avatar orders the ship to tilt in order to avoid the electromagnetic waves that will detonate the mines. Sandor and IQ find the control mine and deactivate it. Actually, IQ deactivates it while Sandor stands by and hurls insults at him. The mines stop moving, but they are still alive, so Avatar orders Wildstar, who has been particularly annoying this episode, and the Black Tigers to move the them out of the ship's path by hand. Deslock, contrary to the supervillain rules, is not upset by this turn of events. He actually tells Crypt to send congratulations to Captain Avatar. Eager, who for some reason is manning the communications console, receives the message and brings it to Avatar before attempting to locate the origin point. The Star Force continues on its mission with only 311 days left to save the Earth. Um. Well, that's not the, the typical end music. More uplifting. It's got yeah. the uplifting voices in it. Man, I want a balloon ship. 
Can I get a giant balloon? No, the, the, the giant balloon was in the Star Trek animated series, where it was ten times bigger than the Enterprise. This one's a tiny one. Still, I'm, I'll take one. It was so cute. Coming out, little remote cute. Okay, is the balloon ship made out of metal? <laughs> why did it blow up the mines? Like, oh, it's another the decoy. Okay, why don't you send out a metal decoy? Why are you sending out a like, giant inflatable balloon? Whatever. <sighs> so did anyone else want to slap Wildstar in this episode? Oh, my quote, and, well, I won't say it, you know, because it'll cause editing, but was, hey, Wildstar, shut the F up. <laughs> The guy's trying to pilot through a minefield, you moron. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, woo. The only thing now, that how, how big of a character is Wildstar and Wildstorm, whatever the hell his name is in this show? Wildstar, he is basically the hero character. He looks like Speed Racer. <laughs> a little bit. A little yeah. bit. He he's got the anime hair going, but he. And he's got the, yeah, He's even got like the similar voice. I thought that could be the actor. I, I don't know. I doubt it. Speed Race is, you know, 40, 50 years ago. I don't think it's going to be the same actor. Well, this is this is over forty years old. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah. This is from the this is from the late seventies. Okay, so maybe uh, it might mid, be mid seventies, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. the um, the U.S. version is a little later, but the U- the, uh, yeah, the U.S. version was like seventy eight or something, I think. But yeah. the original was from like seventy two. But. They Speed Racer and Star Blazers, they all came over to the U.S. around the same time period. I think Speed Racer was a little earlier, because I remember it prior to Star Blazers by, by a couple of years. The only thing he could have done that would have been any worse is if he put his hands over Venture's eyes, you know, guess who? <laughs> <laughs> like, schmuck, sit down. Somebody shoot him. Anything. <sighs> And what, uh, what was it, me, or at some point did I see Orion turn a steam valve in the engine room? You saw Orion turn a valve. Okay, but I was like, well, a valve? It, it may have been a steam valve, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know, it's like, well, they had some funky music with the mines, nice synthy music. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but was this the first uh, the first appearance of the Deslock chant? <sighs> not, not a very creative chant. <laughs> Well didn't they chant the same thing for for Lysis? Yeah. Somebody else yeah, for Lysis, I guess. Yeah, in the third episode we're gonna do today. Yeah, well it's it's a gamelon thing. That's how they chant. I want my own chant. Bill 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 Bill. No, Robinson, 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 Robinson. I can build, I can build, I can build, I can build. Hendrix, Hendrix, Hendrix. See, it just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. But Spataro doesn't. Spataro, Spataro, Spataro. Yeah, just, just. You know. <laughs> um, I, I happen to be a tongue twister. What can I tell you? Produce, 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 yeah. Now, I had a note here, but I watched this episode. All right, was this the one with, uh, was it Noble mushing on a star and stuff? No, that was the next one. Oh, that's the next one. I, did, I had a note on here that said, boys, boys, boys. Maybe it's because they were all fighting. That Yeah, that's the next one. Yeah. That, that's the next one. But no. but then I've got, uh, hey, or I got a note that says, hey, Orion, do your damn job. Because he's down there going, forward, backward, make up your goddamn mind. <laughs> it's like, hey, your job is to go where we tell you to go. You pull it forward, you pull it backward. We're going to run right in the ship. You're the guy in the engine room. Shut up. Do your job. Know your role and shut your mouth. And yes, I just quoted The Rock. 
<laughs> Need to get the rock on that ship. Play the SmackDown. Dwayne Johnson is Captain Avatar. It doesn't matter where the Gamelons are. <laughs> Just as, as a thought on this episode, though, uh, and I, I said earlier, it was a little bit more mature than I anticipated, but it was also mature more mature in just its general presentation because i thought it was kind of a slow burn as it went along which is not something i anticipate from a cartoon yeah we're we're starting to get into the 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 more cerebral yeah yeah more cerebral because the first the first few episodes there were blatant contradictions they obviously kiddified things but mm-hmm. since ganz's death it's been which is the last episode, correct? Uh, two episodes ago, actually. Okay. Uh, it's been getting more. Yeah, people are going to die, mm-hmm. in, and you'll see that in a in one of them. Oh yeah, in in the third episode we're going to cover. They they make no bones about. Yeah, we're killing Gamelons here. There's no oh well they got away and all. No, they're they're done with that. Now we are killing people. It's getting to be more like like you said, cerebral, more. More on uh, a higher, you know, age bracket, I would say, as far as it it goes. Yeah, yeah, because the first few were a little more action packed and didn't make a lot of sense. It was just really blowing some stuff up, having a good time. Mm-hmm. I guess if you want to look at it that way. And and now we're getting into consequences and um... consequences, consequences. As long as I'm rich, <laughs> <laughs> but we still get a little bit of humor. We've got we had. Uh, like you said in the synopsis, uh, this time around, IQ. See, see, the gag with IQ Nine, Paul, is that he always seems to program himself for something that he shouldn't be able to do. Like this time around, he decided to program himself for hiccups while doing bomb disposal. <laughs> <laughs> now, this this is another thing where they've edited the Japanese one. Uh, apparently, Doctor Sane. In the Japanese version, this is something that's cut out of this version. He he is blitzed, and he manages to get IQ nine drunk. <laughs> so that's where the hiccups came from. Yeah, so that's where the hiccup came from. He is actually drunk. He's gotten into the spring water. Yeah, that's the other gag. You you didn't see it in these three episodes, but usually uh, a lot of times you'll see Doctor Sane sit down and he says he's drinking some spring water. From a and shot glass. It's, it's it's a sake glass. He's, that's what he's drinking. Yeah, he's getting blitzed. You know, so it's great to know the ship doctor. Well, he's pretty much like Doctor McCoy on Star Trek. <laughs> he's always got a little hooch hitting around. A little Romulan nail. Exactly. Yeah. Strictly for medicinal purposes. Yeah, it was good to hear the funky Gamelon music again. That. Like sounds like. Sorry, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I find it really interesting that Deslock, he doesn't care if you know people promote their own ideas, try and suck up to him. You laugh at your own jokes, you're dead. <laughs> I, 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 I always find it a... amazing when they have the trap door and it just happens to be exactly where the person is standing. That they yeah, I know. Oh, I think, full trap, of people. I think there's trap doors under all of them. No, knowing Deslock, I think there's a trapdoor under every single guy. Because you and I had talked a little bit about it a few days ago, and you had compared it to Doctor Evil, right? I'm hurt very badly, <laughs> and I'm burned over half my body, but I think I can make my way out. Now I hadn't seen this one in a long time, so when that guy started to laugh, I'm going. Does that guy get dropped down a trap door? 
And then they <laughs> and and they panned over. I'm like, oh, maybe not. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's still laughing when he falls. <laughs> Gone. So did that he fall into the Willy Wonka incinerator, or, or or maybe to the chocolate plant? Or he's gonna come back up with a pasted mustache on. Oh. That was like a point where the episode did seem to be less serious. It, it almost seemed out of like it wasn't in in tune with the rest of the episode. Because right. the rest of the episode did seem you know pretty much serious. And then they had, like, the moment of silliness, and then they went back to seriousness for the most part. But the look on Deathlock's face when that guy's laughing, he's just like, you son of a... <laughs> Reaches over. Bleep, gone. Uh, I caught a little um, continuity thing in this, and I think you guys probably did, too. At one point, Deathlock says Avatar's name, and I, I marked it. It was 11 minutes and 40 seconds. Right. At the end of the episode, he says... What's the name of the Star Force's captain? Send him my regards. I'm like, wait a minute. You already know his name. You said it earlier. Right. Yeah, that, that is definitely a continuity glitch. I'm, I'm wondering if it's something that they had to cover the mouth movements, and that's the only thing they could think of to fit in there, even though it didn't make sense. Yeah, because he was yeah, probably wondering A-hole. The translating it from Japanese. Yeah. What's the name of the A-hole running the ship over there? <laughs> <laughs> Avatar. Another observation on it, just from a you know somebody who doesn't watch anime generally, is I really kind of didn't like the character model on Avatar. It looks you know just a little too much like Popeye. It <laughs> <laughs> looks more like Pappy, doesn't he? Or, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. An old, an old, very old uh, Popeye. An old fat Pappy. Yeah. Well, he's he's the only one not in a Star Force uniform too. So that kind of. Well, that's like. The... Because we've seen that uniform on other on other captains of other ships, so I well, think yeah. that's like that's like the Captain Star Force uniform. Well, no, because if you remember the first episode, the no one else was in a Star Force uniform. It was only um, Wild Star Adventure initially. Yeah, but Derek's brother had a uh, had he, that he had, had that the, the cap, but the crew people they all had blue uniforms with the anchor on it, right? Not the arrow. Mm. Even though the arrow is a stylized anchor, but we won't get into that. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm just saying that that's like a. Yeah. I think that's like for 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 this because we'll see that in like the next season. Uh, the captain of the Andromeda, he has like the black. Yeah. The same style uh, coat as Avatar does here. It doesn't. I, I have one other note, and it's a, it's the big bold letters. Tilt the damn ship. Doesn't Avatar yell that? Tilt the ship! Well, he he yells to tilt the ship, and then Venture Gump well, turns yeah, around. <laughs> tilt the ship, Captain? You're yeah, in space, right. dumbass. It doesn't matter. And then he screams at him, Tilt the ship! Yeah, the other running gag, Paul, is that uh, we think Captain Avatar needs more prune juice. <laughs> He's really cranky. He's really constipated. I think in the next episode, that's uh, probably what, what happened there, you know. Now, have you have you guys ever considered if they made this live action, who you would cast in these roles? They already they have live action. Oh, they do. They, yeah, they, yeah. They it's not live action in America, but they have um, it's Japanese on. actors, and they right. are almost well, dead then, on. Then, then that doesn't eliminate my thought because oh, you could okay. still, if you were going to do this as an oh, American okay. movie. I don't know. Have we discussed that? No, we have not. That's an interesting question. Hmm. How, how about as as uh, Avatar? You get the uh, Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> Give me more yeah. prune juice for my diabetes. Oh, I have diabetes. <laughs> we gotta find a gamelon. Oh, Going to give him space diabetes. 
Well, you know, what if you took Wilfred Brimley from his cocoon days, you know, not current? I think he might he might be able to play the part. Yeah. Or Jackie Gleason. Nah. He did do, you know, he, he was able to be a serious actor. Uh, yeah. Just trying to see so, somebody kind of grizzled looking. I mean, Wilfred Brimley is kind of grizzled looking now, but I'm trying to think of somebody... He's always been grizzled looking, even when yeah, he's just I am. <laughs> you, about, you know, you know who would be a good good choice just because I would want to see how he handled the part. Gary Busey, Tommy Lee Jones as Captain Avatar. As Captain Avatar, man, we got to go after the Gamblers. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking of from Captain America. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? mm. Oh yeah. So all right, so who would be Nova? Uh, are we going to go with Scarlett Johansson? Nova. No. No? <laughs> hey, all right. Somebody else does a Nova joke. <laughs> I'm usually the one that has to do that. Nova. Wild star. And if nobody knows what we're talking about, go back last summer and go listen to the Planet of the Apes Back to the Bins podcast and Two True Freaks podcast In for July. the Summer of Apes. <laughs> I don't know who would be a good uh, Nova nowadays. I used to ScarJo, and that's all I can get in my head. I have to got to push that out. Ugh. Yeah, gotta push that out. Try to think. Mm. Well, Nova's no. kind of a brew, kind of a brunette. Is no, she's not brunette. She's brown. No, she's, yeah. Brunette, she's, yeah. She's like yeah, halfway between brunette and redhead. Yeah. Hmm. Now it's got to be someone, someone that doesn't have as much meat on her as as Scarlett Johansson, because Nova is a stick. Karen Carpenter. Too soon? Oh, that that was just evil. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, wow. she's only just begun. So <laughs> <laughs> uh. somebody who's who's got that waif-like quality, but she she like she didn't look like an airhead to me. No. no. So you're not looking for that. Hmm. What about Allison Hannigan? Oh. Hmm. See, I think she plays kind of a little goofy. Yeah, but. She can be. She can be serious. Yeah. See, I, I I haven't watched that many episodes of Buffy, so I'm not sure about her range. I've seen her more on you know the American Pie movies and uh, How I Met Your Mother. Well, even on How I Met Your Mother, she has she has moments where you can see, yeah, she she could be tough. So we got Wildstar. Yeah. Um, hmm. Wildstar goes from being annoying to a coward in like two seconds. Mm. Steve Buscemi, no. <laughs> I think Steve Buscemi should play Xandor. Sandor, sorry, the science guy. I can no? see that actually. Because then, then when his little machine pops out, things, like, hey, Sandor, this thing makes the, everything you need four times smaller than it needs to be. Oh, there's some bugs to be worked out. I'm working <laughs> on it. <laughs> and then, I'm thinking for uh, Deslock. I'm thinking of what's the guy's name? Is it Jason? He was um, Malfoy's father in uh, the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, he was also Captain Hook in that Peter Pan movie. And he was uh, he was in The Patriot. He was he was basically Mel, Mel Gibson's opposite number in that. Right. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get Matthew McConaughey somewhere in here. I was going to have him for Deathlock because I want to see Deathlock say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm, just, no, you know what I'm, I'm picturing, and that's just why I picked <laughs> yeah, Jack right Yeah, he could be eager. 20,000 megameters, Captain. <laughs> but uh, Deathlock's delivery is just so... 
I'm, I'm tempted to say deadpan, but that's really not the word I'm looking for. But just so like understated, mm-hmm. and I'm just picturing the, like the way that particular actor, uh, you know, like when he was speaking to Harry Potter. Yeah, because like like he knows something that you don't. Yeah, like, exactly. He that, that's he's that's talking about stuff on a completely different level that you are not even aware of what's going on, and he's so and he's smug about it, and he's right in your face, you know, with his little. Mm. The Star Force. Mm. Glove. <laughs> <laughs> Wolford Brimley could also be Orion, if we wanted to cast him as Orion. Who else could be a good Orion? That's a good question. Got to be an old guy, fat. I'm not that old yet, I'm Paul. available. <laughs> well, if you don't mind people from decades ago that aren't alive anymore, Boss Hog. Sora Brook, Brooke. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, we can do go to people that are dead. Yeah, yeah. I can Jimmy see Durant. Jimmy Durante could be, could be Orion. No, Jimmy Durante's Doctor Sane. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, my dog wants to comment too. Shut yeah, up apparently. out there. <laughs> <laughs> comment says I vote for Jimmy Durante. Okay, for venture. If we're going with people that aren't alive or like mm. in, in a prime, what about like Tony Curtis's uh, venture? That would work. Or Tom Hanks <laughs> for Venture Gump. <laughs> yeah, Venture was a little thick early on, so we ended up naming him Venture Gump. It's because, you know, he's supposed <laughs> to pilot the ship, and in one of the yeah. episodes, <laughs> Captain Avatar goes, Begin? What is it? Power up sequence. Uh,. Oh crap! Yeah, it was it was something obvious like um, begin power build up. Yeah, begin power build up, and he goes, uh, "Excuse me, Captain, what is be what does power build up mean?" And I'm like, I would be like, "Get this man off my bridge!" <laughs> <laughs> the hell's wrong with you? We got to work Arnold in there somewhere. Hmm. He could be Conroy. <laughs> you Conroy. Just picture- Picture him, fly, you know, flying a uh, black tiger. Yeah, he's all big, giant guy stuffed in a little cockpit. <laughs> I can't move in here. <laughs> I've got the gamelan in my sights. That was the worst our own impression you will hear on this show. No comment. <laughs> Come on, you could do better than that, Gene. You should be practicing your Arnold impersonations because you got to be, you got to work on it and build it up. Come on. I don't even think he gave us a lot when he was on Back to the Bins. You can give me a chance. For shame. There's nothing preventing you from breaking into a lot at any given moment. Ah, come on. You know you want to do it. All the other kids are doing it. <laughs> Wrong show. If you're one of us, you'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got anything else on the Desklock Mines that really, except, uh, well, I, I, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I know what I was going to say. In the country for nothing. <laughs> so they go off when they contact metal, but I guess the control mine does not explode when it hits metal because maybe you don't want to blow up the control mine. You because know, because I mean? then you couldn't control the other mines. all the other mines. But you think they'd just be independent and just go towards whatever mm-hmm. magnetic you know source would come in, into in, into range? You wouldn't need a control mine. That's where they screwed up. See, they need to have me running that stuff. Yeah, right. Well, that's what Deslock said in the episode. He said, the barbarians realize that sometimes the easiest solution is the simplest. Mm-hmm. Gamelons overthink things. Yep. Yep. As uh, 
another, as in the next episode, we'll go through another highly elaborate plot <laughs> that will come to naught, which I guess leads us to episode 12, and our guest will read us the synopsis for that issue, for episode. Are you ready there, Mr. P? I am ready. Take it episode away. Episode 12, The Sea of Fire. Deslock, getting some satisfaction out of seeing his inferior officers fail at their attempt to stop the Star Force with space mines, now offers his own solution, a matter-eating ecto-gas. Deslock plans to use the gas and an electromagnetic force net to chase the Star Force into the corona of a giant red star, Voltan, the Sea of Fire. He is so confident of his new invention that he tells General Crypt not to bother reporting on the success and strides off to his bedroom to dream of conquests of other worlds. The Gamelons begin their offensive by ensnaring the Argo in a powerful electromagnetic space net, and then sending a volley of missiles. Captain Avatar suffers a blackout, which he attributes to an earlier battle wound, and fails to order their interception. Wildstar initiates it instead without the order, leading to a later reprimand. The ship barely manages to pull out of the space net and evade the Gamelon missiles. Dr. Sane knows the real reason for Avatar's collapse, radiation poisoning. Privately, he urges Avatar to consider hospitalization, a suggestion which Avatar adamantly rejects. With the Star Force's flight path restricted by the space net, the Gamelons then loose Deslock's ectogas upon the Star Force from behind, forcing them to flee towards the Red Star of Voltan. There is no choice but to fly dangerously close to the corona, and the ship and crew are on the verge of melting. But the plan backfires when the ectogas is drawn into the sea of fire, and the Star Force clears a safe path through the fire with a blast of the wave motion gun. On Gamelon, Desla rebuffs his aide, General Crypt's suggestion that they send out interceptors, and instead suggests sending congratulations. He muses to himself, how could the Star Force have escaped? It was a perfect trap. Earth I has 308 days left. I so badly, through the synopsis, wanted to say, when you said Voltan, I wanted to go, Gordon's alive! <laughs> <laughs> and it, every time you said ectogas, I wanted to do a fart sound, but I didn't. See, I wanted to play the Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> and then uh, Sea of Fire, I wanted to sing Johnny Cash, so... but. Oh, and then the, also, I just wanted to uh, go a, a little, do a, a little Doctor Evil with uh, when Deslock just walks away, and you know, we'll just trust that they're all dead. And don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, in my room, I have a gun. We'll get it. it. We'll kill them. It'll be fun. No, no, Scotty, no. And speaking we'll of Scotty, put them on the ever slow moving thing, <laughs> molten magma. Uh, so Captain Avatar has. Radiation poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you my take on it and you could tell me why I'm right or wrong. Okay. And okay. again, this is now this is the second episode I'm ever watching of this series. It seemed to me like okay, they're falling into a little bit of a rut here. We had an episode where there was the death trap set and they escaped it. Now we have another episode where there's a death trap set and they escape it. It's a little bit of a different death trap, but it's still a very, very similar plot line as far as that goes. It was the crew that did the first one. Now it's Deslock's plan, and, and either way, they, you know, they escaped it both times. I really thought that the quality from this episode came more from Avatar's sickness than it did from the, the main storyline because of that. 
And that's my take on it. What do you guys think? Well, this is really only the second time they've had a death trap like this. <laughs> Up till now, they've been trying to get out of the solar system, and it's been Gamelon bases or Gamelon patrols that they've run into. It's never been an actual trap. Well, the reflex gun might have been a little bit of a trap because... Well, that, that was more of a ruse to get them yeah. in there. It wasn't, put this in their way and it will destroy them. It was, bring them in close so we can shoot them better. Mm-hmm. You know, this was, these were the only two ones that had actual, what you would call James Bond-type death traps. Mm-hmm. So, they they may have started a rut, but they're not continuing one. Okay. Like I said, it's only two episodes, but it just seemed a little too similar. Right. Unless unless they were trying to do exactly what I said, and, and that's the contrast that they wanted you to take out of it, was that the first one was the crew, and now, you know, Deathlock feeling so superior, the crew comes up with his own plan, and, and basically it's defeated with about the same level of effort. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I should point out to anyone that, like Paul, has not watched these episodes, Avatar's illness is a huge plot point for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the rest now, of the season. I think we've seen it a little bit prior to this. Did we see it maybe one other time? It hasn't been it hasn't been pronounced too much. No, it, in the first episode is when he's recovering from his wound mm-hmm. and Dr. Sane says something about you can't do this, your wound isn't fully it's it's either Dr. Sane or it's the Earth Commander says, "Well, your wound isn't fully healed yet." But this is the first time we ever get an indication it's more than just a wound. It's also radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking Avatar Insane and Pray for Rain. Uh, <laughs> which if, if you're a fan of old-time baseball, you'll, uh, you'll know what that is. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, so apparently Dr. Bill does not. I don't know about <laughs> Eugene. Uh, it's not, not ringing a bell. It was uh, in, in the old... I mean, I think we're talking like the early 60s, and I think it was then the Milwaukee Braves uh, had two really, really good pitches, Warren Spahn and Johnny Sane. And the expression was Spahn and Sane and then pray for rain. <laughs> cool. All right, so my uh, that's my is... insight. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's cool. And I, I noticed one thing about Avatar in this. Apparently he studied under George S. Patton because when Wildstar gets up in his face, he slaps him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, this is... I think they're trying to show that the stakes are really, really high here. We're in oh, deep yeah. space. There's no... Well, I mean, but, okay, Wildstar saved... Well, I mean, may have saved them with what he did, and Avatar gets in his face, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, he speaks of discipline. I'm like, I would be like, you know, WTF, you blacked out. What are we supposed to do? Somebody yeah. had to do something because you were incapacitated. Yeah, it was kind of... I kind of felt that wasn't as fully justified with, with the way Avatar was acting. Now, we know it's because he's kind of hiding his illness and everything, but still. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. I think he he's trying to, to prevent face. people from thinking that he's got a weakness that they have to start looking out for, mm-hmm. which is, you know, my, especially since, yeah, the uh, this illness is going to continue through the season. That could be something that could come back to bite them on the ass because he could black out at a critical moment where nobody does follow up and they can end up dead because of it. But, right. you know, it's a small price to pay for people to not, for him to not be embarrassed. <laughs> Just like you said earlier, consequences, consequences. As long as I'm the captain. As long as I get to eat me spinach. <laughs> <laughs> me spinach and prune juice. 
God, there's a combination. Oh, man. <laughs> so my question yeah. is, what's what's so great about the Magellanic Cat Cloud anyway? <laughs> what's that? It's the greater Magellanic Cloud. Hmm. Oh, it and just it, means it's greater than something. It's Well, it's better than the lesser Magellanic Cloud. Hmm. And then... Uh, because that's where Nova's looking at it, and she makes a wish. And then, uh, you know, Wildstar is just a complete idiot here. Oh, yeah. What'd you wish for? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> You're a girl. <laughs> and then at the end of the show, you know, he's trying to get her. So what did you wish for? Oh, I don't know. For somebody, you know, the, somebody to fall in love with? Hey, wait, come back. What a tease. She's such a tease. <laughs> of course, she's wearing that yellow outfit, you know, and packing it. She's packing heat, folks. Be careful. <laughs> All oh. the women, all the women pack heat on the Argo. Here, here's a question for you, Bill. Mm-hmm. In your experience, uh oh, do do all your women pack heat? That all <laughs> that depends on what the definition of is is. <laughs> is there only ever one shift of a bridge crew, and that's it? No, what? <laughs> no, because you. That's the same thing on the Enterprise, where you know, for a long, it's like, how come everything happens when Captain put. Guards on shift. No, now maybe in, maybe they come on and relieve the people that are there. Yeah, but in this case, you had the bridge crew, Venture, Wildstar, everybody running onto the bridge, and no one was there. Yeah, I had a no. Oh, in the next episode, to where? Well, but we'll well, yeah. I'll say it here because in the next episode, everybody else is downstairs because of a, a certain person that's been brought on the ship, and they're like. Hey, who's keeping the ship on course? The captain. Oh, what? The captain with the wound with the blackout problem? Is the only guy upstairs? Hello? Get your ass up there, Venture. Somebody pilot the damn ship. So, but but anyway. Uh no, usually you have different officers uh of the deck who who man the bridge and then if you go usually if if some goes down you go to general quarters, and then that's where everybody mans their battle stations. Right, but the ship isn't During just... regular cruising, you have shifts where people rotate. Yeah, you you don't just have the ship pointed in one direction no. and no one at the wheel. No, no, <laughs> not at all. No, everybody's not just, hey, let's go, you know. Like when they have those little meetings sometimes, which we didn't see here. So Paul's never, uh, at least I don't think, maybe we did. Well, no, because they brought no. stuff up on the video screen overhead. Whereas before, we've seen in in this. I think it's in Avatar's quarters, maybe. No, it's or, a, it's a separate room. It's a, oh, it's a okay. big room with a video monitor on the floor. Yeah, in the floor. So they're all standing on, looking at the. You know, I'm surprised one of the guys doesn't freak out when they turn into like a picture of space. Oh, I'm falling! <laughs> Holy crap! And it's always out of focus too. It's always kind of moving, and it's like, come on, is there no gain or amplitude, or can we tweak this picture? How much should we pay for this freaking ship? I can't get an HD floor. <laughs> and we do get a Dr. Sane appearance. Is and, is Dr. Sane human? Yes, he is human. <laughs> he is... Because he looks kind of like a monkey man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like the... You know how we've mentioned this in the past, how like a lot of the a- a- anime shows always has a, a person that's like out of proportion or looks weird? That's what Dr. Sane is. Dr. Sane's the comedy relief. Yeah, basically. But in this in this episode, he's channeling Doctor McCoy. Yeah, he is. Like, you will do this. I'll keep it quiet, but you will do this, <laughs> or you will be hospitalized. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I got another question. So, what happened to that gas he released in the throne room? That went over and ate General Talon. 
ate everything. <laughs> Look, I shoot it and it with energy and it feeds off of it. I throw the gun in and it oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Gans, get over there, throw yourself on it now. Wait, you're dead already. <laughs> I have to leave now. Have fun. <laughs> oh, that's just it. Oh, he set the sets this out in the throne room. It's like I gotta go to bed. Have fun. <laughs> okay, you guys figure this out. Um, we got to see uh, the I like to call it the Orion Fun Slide. <laughs> I love that thing. It's like where did that come from? I've never seen that before. You got hey. the old guy whee going down to the. That's how he gets to the uh, the engine room so fast. He's got his own private slide. <laughs> God forbid any, anybody down at the bottom slow to get off that slide when Orion comes down. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, boy. <laughs> you had to got to get out of my way. I'll blow your ass over. Now, Paul. Yes. I, you're probably not familiar with the way the wave motion gun operates. <laughs> uh, that would be correct. Okay. They basically use all the power in the ship to create this huge destructive bolt, leaving the ship powerless for a brief period of time after it fires. Mm-hmm. So... Obviously, this is the kind of thing you want to do when you're right next to a star. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> well, you know, this they might have modified it, and this is now the quick-fire wave motion gun, uh, because they did that in, what, 10 seconds? <laughs> Where it was, what, 10 minutes before? Yeah, because usually it's like this big, massive build-up, and that... that Annoying. It takes forever. This time I was like. So if it's a quick fire wave motion gun, it didn't kill all the energy. It only was like a quarter. Oh, maybe it was the Xander wave motion gun. It only only fires at a quarter of the power that it needed to. And I love how the, the Corona matter of the star just stay out of the way long enough for them to get through. (laughs) <laughs> like what oh man uh, i i guess physics were out of the window for this one yeah yeah which we've seen that on a couple other ones so okay. so i mean you, yeah it's it's it seems like you can't really think too hard about these episodes no because when they when start to do, fall apart a little bit yeah because they are still children's programming they, mm-hmm. it may be, and it, it's a known fact that children's programming cannot have an internal logic. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did they get out of the net? I guess the gas ate the net? Well, no, because it, there was... Deslock said the only way they could get out of this net is if they oh, that's go right. towards they the go star. Towards, towards the star. Yeah. To, towards Voltan. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon's alive. And they dove in the star. <laughs> right by the star the sea of fire <sighs> well have we beat this one to death yeah i think so so i guess we're on to the last episode eh last episode for this half yes <laughs> for this half all right and uh i'm gonna read that tonight and this is episode 13 the gamelon pilot on gamelon leader deslock interrupts his daily treasure pool bath to commission one of his best generals, Lysis, or Lysol, depending on how you say, to defeat the Star Force before it gets too far out into space. Lysis welcomes the chance for some sport. Meanwhile, Derek Wildstar and Conroy, his second in command, capture a Gamelon pilot during a routine patrol mission. When Dr. Insane removes the pilot's uniform, the Star Force discovers that the Gamelons are just like humans, but with blue skin. 
So the big giant smurfs. The revelation is too much for Wildstar, who bursts in the examination room, catching a fake Gamelon disease and dies. <laughs> no, sorry. To confront Gamelon, Derek has a series of flashbacks from his childhood. That's one pretty long flashback, and maybe he needs to not be in charge of the wave motion gun. Starting from the Gamelons bombing his home and continuing with his older brother Alex returning from school. When Alex was stationed at a space station on Great Island, who I think is a substitute for Japan, Derek visits him. During this visit, however, their parents are killed by one of the Gamelon bombs. In the Argo's examination room, Derek struggles to avoid exacting his revenge on the pilot. Captain Avatar questions the pilot, but learns nothing because apparently they wipe their memories, except for, I guess, what they need to know how to fly before they leave the base, and subsequently orders the pilot released. In a goodwill gesture, Wildstar offers the pilot some food that he had peed on as he departs. <laughs> Earth has 305 days left. Okay. And all I gotta say is thank goodness for quick screen cuts, because I did not want to see little blue desk lock <laughs> coming out of that little pool. It's like, oh boy. When you said treasure bath, all I could think of was Dom DeLuise. <laughs> I was thinking of Scrooge McDuck, too. <laughs> uh, okay. Apparently, everyone in the Star Force also had their memory wiped from 54 days earlier because they've never seen a Gamelon before, except right. in Episode 6, where they were captured and were face-to-face with a Gamelon. That was when they were on the, the Ice Moon or whatever. Yeah, that's they were on the... Titan? Titan. Yeah, because they Titanite. They were looking for the mineral Titanite, Paul. And they were captured by Gamelon. Wildstar saw the Gamelon, looked right in his face, didn't have this reaction. Well, it it was adrenaline. When? (laughs) During the fight. Yeah, I know that they look the same. (sighs) That that's always bugged me. You know, even as a kid. Oh wait, wait, wait! Wait a minute. That bugged me. Okay, wait a minute. Did you not? Did you? Here's the thing, one of the things that really bugged me in this episode. Did you not catch one of the crewmen when they were bringing the Gamelon pilot to the sickbay, what he says? Yes, by remind me. We need a little excitement around here. Yeah. Oh, that idiot. (laughs) Wait, wait. (laughs) So the Earth being decimated by radiation bombs and you on a one-year voyage to Iskandar there and back, you're fighting your way... Every step of the way, that's not exciting enough for you? <laughs> How about we just put you in, in... Here, you want some excitement? Here's the airlock. Go play, all right? Because <laughs> then we'll have enough food that we gave the Gamelon. Because we don't have to feed you, dummy. Yeah, that that's something... It struck me. Avatar, in the same breath. <laughs> we can't keep a prisoner because we only have enough food for ourselves. Why don't you give him some food when he leaves? Wildstar, why don't you give me your ration? Make sure he's got prone juice in there. <laughs> and oh, and chocolate cake. <laughs> chocolate cake. Yeah. yeah okay. Cake. When little little in the flashback sequence, when when Alex opens up the little lunch pail that that the parents had made, and he says, and he goes, "Oh, chocolate cake." That chocolate cake. I didn't pause it, but I went back and watched it twice. That looked more like sushi rolls to me. It is sushi. Okay, all right. Because I'm like, man, that's the nastiest tasting chocolate cake I would ever have. This tastes like fish. (laughs) 
the hell is in this? But remember, it, it's been Americanized, so they... Yes, because they live on the Great Island, <clears throat> Japan, and the old volcano, <clears throat> Fuji. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the radiation, metaphor for Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <clears throat> and uh, just, just so you know, Bill, that is actually in the Japanese version, that is what it is. That is Mount Fuji erupting. Oh, well, Japan. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's, it, it, it's not exactly thinly veiled. No. It's well, I mean, it's just... Not, well, I don't even see why they couldn't have mentioned it here, but it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like... Chocolate cake, that's why. Chocolate cake. No, I, I read I that in the, in the Japanese version, when Wildstar has to be restrained, that he has a scalpel in his hand. Yes. Uh, that he's he's ready to kill the pilot with, and that they kind of cut the scene to eliminate that for the American audiences, feeling that it was too violent. And I had read that before I watched it, and when I watched it, you could kind of see that the cuts were uh, clumsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that that's too violent, but his entire family getting nuked and vaporized. That's fine. That's fine. I still had his brother. Until thought... the Battle of Pluto, <laughs> and then he lost I... him too. I kind of felt that the you know the episode of the three that, that I watched that this one had the most sophisticated themes to it with the you know yeah. confronting your enemy and and you know going from a a faceless enemy to actually being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I really I appreciated that aspect of it. I did make a note and I didn't specify anything. I didn't put any examples, but I, that I thought the dialogue though because they were trying to be more sophisticated, the dialogue seemed a little bit even more clumsy than uh, at other parts of the show. May, you know, maybe it's some of it's trying to sync the uh, voices with the, you know, the words with the the way their uh, mouths move. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like that's such a priority that they, to, you know, that they could have done a little better on the dialogue. Yeah. But uh, I mean, overall, I thought this, this, like I said, I thought this was the most sophisticated of the three episodes, and I kind of liked it, and I, I think it would have played better if they had left the uh, the scalpel in. I yeah. thought that that actually, you know, that actually lost a little intensity with that. I agree. Well, yeah. One of the other things that was done in though that the episode we mentioned earlier, the one when they're on the Moon Titan, is that there's a scene where Wildstar jumps onto it on the top of a tank and he shoots inside and he says it's a robot tank, but actually, you know, because they wanted to kind of curb the violence to make it seem like there was nobody in that particular tank, but actually, you know, he had chopped up there and shot up all the guys inside the tank. And another thing that was in this episode is something that um is brought out is that Derek, as a child, was somewhat of a pacifist and didn't want to fight. Right. And right, that, yeah. you know, obviously the, the death of his family and, and everything that happens completely changes him to the person that he is now. He's, you know, bottled up a lot of grief as a child, and, and now he's face-to-face, well, kind of. <laughs> That's why the, the complete turnaround at the end is so... It doesn't make sense. No, I just don't. It's just like that. That's why I said, you know, here, here's some food. I peed in it. Enjoy your trip home. <laughs> Avatar said, give you food. Didn't say it had to be edible. You know, <laughs> and even even if you haven't gone through what he did in your life to be in this life or death struggle against these marauders or whatever you'd call them, I do think you, you cannot afford to humanize them. And, and start treating them with mercy, or or you're going to set yourself up to fail. Right. Mm-hmm. So so I, I, you know in that respect I think that that may have been a uh... now unless they want to build on that in during as the season goes on and have him show sympathy or you know compassion somewhere where he shouldn't and have that come back to bite them in the ass. I think that might might if they did that 
it would be probably be a uh, you know a, a pretty good move. But to just have this and then have it like you know now we're all sunshine and smiles, uh, I, I don't think that I don't think that works. Yeah, it just it it never made sense to me that he he blames all Gamelons for his parents' death. And then it's just, oh, yeah, well, I'm buddies with you now. Here, have some food. Yeah, and it's all because when he goes ready, or obviously when he was going to go, it would have made more sense if they had shown the scalpel. Well, because, all right, why does the Gamelon start crying? I mean, is he just because he's scared? Well, how can he be Okay, if your memory's been wiped and you don't know anything about Gamelon, I mean, do how much do they wipe? Like, why did this guy, why did the Gamelon start to cry? Because he was scared? He was scared of a crazy-looking wild star. Maybe it was if we had seen the scalpel, it would give him more reason why he was scared. And why would that even stop wild star? Because the gamelon's crying. Right. I mean, I mean, I guess you could say it shows compassion that even in wild star's rage, he can have compassion. But like Paul said, you know, is that going to bite him in the ass down the road? There was another. Um, as soon see, Paul's not as up on the music as we are. Yes. And I'm sure when you heard the dirge, the you know. The one with the trumpet, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh no, there goes the wild stars. You know, with the flute. Oh yeah. Oh, they're gonna die. Planet bomb toast. Well, we knew they were gonna die because a couple episodes ago he said, "I have no way to call." Yeah, yeah, but but still, nowhere else to go. He had no one else to call. <laughs> but 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 you know when that start started to play, I'm like, ah, oh, this is where they're gonna bite it. Here it comes, and there it goes. Oh, and I I had to make a note because apparently Wildstar's always been a brat. Because <laughs> his brother's home, he hasn't been home. I wanted to go to movies. Yeah, shut oh, up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. gonna sit in my room and sulk. Yeah, I want a kid that listens. Eh. <laughs> now now we know why he acts the way he does when he's an adult yeah he's a jerk he's a schmuck well in the this this was in in the in the live action movie mm. although the gamelons in the live action are not um human they're an energy being yeah it's a little different that it's that a, seems kind of counterintuitive because in the cartoon way you can make them into whatever you want <laughs> they're human they're, yeah. they're you, just blue-skinned humans, and in the movie where you're limited, you know, by your budget as far as special effects, that's the one where their energy being. Beings. Oh my, man, this thing is like super laden with special effects. Yeah, Space Battleship Yamato in Japan is a huge deal. They, it's like the it's like the it Japanese it. Star Wars and then some. Yeah, so they made this live-action movie in 2010, and they threw all kinds of money at it. It's awesome. Is it? It is. Yeah. I, I think you would enjoy watching it. You, it's... Now, do you watch it uh, what you call, with subtitles, or is it dubbed? You, uh, I don't know if there's a dub available for it or not. Yeah, you got to watch the subtitles, which, after a while, you begin to recognize, you know, like Wildstar is actually... Well, do they call him Wildstar, or do they call him his... No, uh... it's, it's all the Japanese characters. Right, the, so he's his... Wow, what is his name um... in... Uh... <sighs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's, just, let's just live on the fantasy world where I have as much free time as I possibly could need to do whatever I feel like at a given time. I think it's like, like two hours. Like, would I be better off watching this entire cartoon series and then the movie or the other way around? Uh, well, you'll get the homages in the movie after you've seen the cartoon series. But I think 
really, you... <laughs> from what, just from these three episodes, you'll be able to get what, you know, the, the connections. The movie plot is super truncated from the TV series, and actually they change some things. So you could watch them separately. You know, you watch the movie before the, the cartoons, and I don't think you'll be negatively affected on either one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of okay. like reading reading a big giant Stephen King book, which is what the series would be, versus re- watching a Stephen King movie, whereas you have to truncate everything into a two hour or so period. So it, it's it's different and it moves quicker. There are some slow episodes, you know. They're not all. We get a lot in the series of stopping to get supplies and fixing this and then fighting that. The movie's pretty much we got this problem on Earth. We got to go. We got to fight. We got to get out. We get over here, we do a couple of space warps, we inter- we we meet the Gamelons, and I won't spoil the rest. Yeah. And then we gotta get our asses, you know, we gotta try to get back to Earth to, to save the Earth. I'm a little it's, I'm a little surprised if this is as big a deal in Japan as as you're saying that that they didn't decide to make it as a trilogy or something like that to you know well, to spread it out. Well, they can because you've there's three seasons to the show. Um, well, actually, three movies, correct, Gene? Uh, well, there's, there's, there was... There's there, Beast... No, because there was... There was the show, and then there was the movies? There was the there was this, the se- season one of the show, and then they made a movie, and in the movie, they destroyed the ship. Right, that's and, it. And people went nuts. People went nuts. How the hell could you do this? Then they came back and turned that plot in the movie into the second series, and didn't destroy the ship. And then there was a... I think there was a... Uh, the Bowler Wars, the third se- season. Yeah. And then another movie. Which it, again, I think they destroy the ship. Or yeah, yeah. It, all these things take place in like different universes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they've had actual uh, anime movies, but and there's been a couple on, online. You can find other Star Blazers. Like there's a Star Blazers Re- Resurrection or Rebirth is another series I've seen. You've probably seen that too, Gene, haven't you? Yeah. I think I sent you some links for that. Mm-hmm. And then now there's the 2199, which is the retelling of this, but with all updated special effects. And then we've got the live action that came out in 2010. You which... know, looking at Wikipedia, there is a huge amount of Yamato stuff. Yeah, there is. It's a... It's, it's, it's it's a little bit overwhelming to be yeah. honest. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's series, there's movies, there's remakes, etc. It it's yeah. That's wow. that, that's why we try to just take just try to take this series as it stands. I mean, we kind of point out a few things that are different, and you know that that do come up that we think you know kind of change the uh, uh, the, the the tone. Right. But overall, we just tr- try to stick to this version for now. Right. This is, this is the nostalgia factor here. Right. Yeah. Because this is what we grew up with. Right, that makes sense. You stick with what you like. Hmm. Otherwise, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> well, seriously. <laughs> yeah. If if this was work, why would I do it? But yeah, if you wanted to watch the movie, I'd say watch it. You know. Yeah. I, I would think even with even with reading the subtitles because that can get annoying at times. Even with reading the subtitles, I think you would enjoy the movie because it's a very good plot, just standalone stuff. They got really good characters. Some of the changes they made from the cartoon I like, so it's mm-hmm. actually an improvement in some ways. Well, like one thing that it's in, in the movie is that the energy being Gamelons can take over and kind of possess humans. In yeah. the live action movie, so like there's there's a point where there's certain characters that are on the ship that are taken over and they have to you know fight against their friend their own people, 
you know, adds it that that's something that was never in the show, at least that I remember. Right. Yeah, it's it's something I I, I think I can uh, get myself to find time to watch a movie. So if I if I get if I get access to it at some point, I I will do that. Whole things on YouTube. We'll send you the okay. link. And that okay. that one actually works on the. the that one does do. One. Yeah, that one does do. You can go HD in that, I think, right? Yeah, because I watched it on through my PlayStation. Mm. On okay, my, good. On my TV, so I know that works. Cool. I will do I, that. I would say if you wanted to compare, you probably need what? What would you say, Gene? He would need to watch episode one and two of the animated series. Just get wanted... into my homework. No, no, no. Well, I mean, I mean, just, just to, just to, if you wanted to compare the start of the series versus the movie. I would say that's probably got the biggest connection, mm-hmm. uh, especially episode two where they launched the ship. Yeah, that's just that pretty... that is basically remade shot for shot. Yeah, in live action, and it is gorgeous. Yeah, that's why I would say to watch those two, those first two episodes, or just the second one, and then and then we'll watch the movie. Or I would say you, you don't have to. You could just watch the movie straight out, and you you'd be fine. Trust me, I know what the uh, the time factor is like. Mm-hmm. So adding an adding an extra forty minutes to it, not not necessarily going to benefit you a huge amount. It would be nice, but I would just go straight to the movie, and that's that. Well, we could all do a commentary on the movie when uh, we meet up in June. That will be fun. <laughs> we'll we'll have it at the con. We will tie down Scott Gardner and make him one. Oh, no, that's right. That's right. He's going to listen to this and suddenly, oh, I can't make it. Is that that chop sake stuff? No, Scott doesn't say that. That's just me putting words in his mouth. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, So where are we at? What are we at time-wise? Long. All right, skip the emails. I Yeah, I would say we put the emails. Oh, maybe we put the emails at the beginning of the next show. Yeah, Which before we be, do the movie. Yeah, before, before we, we talk the about cause, the movie. Because it's not going to be a commentary or anything. It's just going to be. Oh, that's true. That's true. About the movie, I, so we'll have I did time. not think about that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that way we can just do emails and then we can discuss that. And. Yep. Okay. Cool. We don't. We don't want to take up any more of our listeners' valuable time. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> as much as you want to take up as much of their valuable time as they want to give you. That's the whole point of it. So are we out already, or do we go out on something over there, or should we, uh, well, I, do we need well, to do no, a, uh, Paul, where can we find you at? I, I think we need to, because Paul has a couple shows going on here. Ah, ah. Well, okay. Okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about them anyway, because uh, I have Back to the Bins, which I co-host with Dr. Bill and yeah, Scott Gardner right. when, when he can make it to us. <laughs> and I have Avengers Spotlight, which I co-host with Dr. Bill. And mm-hmm. Scott Gardner, when he can make it to us. And, and when I, I have listened them. to the Prophets, on which we have had guest stars by Dr. Bill. But I co-host that one with Andy Leyland and uh, Sean Engel. And that one is a Deep Space Nine podcast, and they're all available on the Two True Freaks Network. And if you go to iTunes under Two True v- Freaks Presents, you can find all of them. And they're and, all very good shows. I highly recommend them. And coming soon, there'll be a second guest star on those shows who could be uh, other than paul and i could be on this show could be could be someone that wrote an angry email and to appease him <laughs> <laughs> but you know what my problem is if you're on the show who do we have left to listen to it <laughs> i'll listen 
There's at least one other guy writing emails, so I think you're okay. All right, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I don't write emails. I just boss hog my way on the show. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Anime fracks? What the hell is that? Oh, that was my notes. (laughs) But I I freaking frack. Anime fracks. Like... (laughs) Become a Battlestar Galactica podcast, or what the hell? Okay. Anime fracks. We're drilling for anime in whole new ways. <laughs> We're drilling in asteroids. <laughs> uh, I guess you wouldn't have horizontal drilling on an asteroid because you could drill. Depends many. on your orientation. <laughs> <laughs> could be horizontal, whatever coordinate system you pick. Mm. I'm dropping into engineer speak. Never mind me. <laughs> Gene's engineer. Gene's smart. She make podcasts. She <laughs> make podcasts go. Uh, I just heard that today on a gaming podcast. I just heard that recently on another podcast too. I don't know where I. I think I. I think you said it. Yeah, well, what was the last time I heard. Oh, that's right. I did it. do that one. That's a yeah. Gaming, that that gaming podcast. I forgot about that one. Oh, you know, the new one that just came out.